0: Hello, everyone. Jonathan Lee here, founder and creator of Bridging Legacies Across Campuses. Um, I have with me, Brandon, a buddy of mine across the country. Happy to meet Brandon. What's going on this morning,
1: man? Man, I'm doing well. So, uh, you know, here uh, I'm at Church Farm School. Brandon Herbert, the director of enrollment here. Um, We actually have a a snowy day here on campus today, Uh, but all is well. Awesome, man. I forgot what
0: snow looks like. We just get ice out here in Seattle. So I'm about to. Come out there to visit one day to check. Hopefully you don't get too many inches to limit your travel and get down the road. Well, perfect. Well, Brandon, uh, I love doing these podcasts, connecting with people. And this is a special one to talk to one Black man as a director to another director. So I'm happy to do that. But but Brandon, please let the listeners know who you are, uh, what do you do, and things like that.
1: Well, for I appreciate the invitation to, to jump on the podcast. Like, th- this is an honor and a, and a privilege to be able to do this. But I'm Brandon Herbert. I'm the director of enrollment at the Church Farm School. Uh, we're a small all-boys boarding and day school located just outside of Philadelphia uh, in Exton, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm proud to say we're, we're a, a boarding school that serves 95% students of color, uh, which is very unique in that boarding school landscape. Uh, and I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Awesome. That hits very close to home. I have
0: tons of family from Baltimore. My, my dad's side was from there. So I spent a lot of time at Lexington Market waiting for him mm. to get his uh, peanuts or whatnot and watch my grandma <laughs> get some fish. So, Lexington Market. Um, and uh, I think it's uh, is it Altman's Deli, the Jewish delicatessen yep. is up there. I've yep. had the corned beef and hash and that, that rye sandwich. So, my Baltimore ties run a little deep not as much as i want oh, to they're there so thank man. you
1: you got me hungry i'm glad so i'm you know i'm headed there today to go recruit some students so i might make a trip make a stop down there while i'm in town so that's awesome <laughs> man will you
0: get down there and send me a photograph of that man i want i want to see that so i can post that oh uh, thank you man um brandon tell me about your educational journey where did it go
1: where did it take you So, you know, I've been fortunate um, to have pretty good teachers and mentors kind of throughout my my life. So uh, I'm originally from Baltimore, as I mentioned before. Um, My mom was a single parent. It's just I have an older brother. So she was a a teenage mom at that. So she was 19 when she had me Um, and not really much guidance for her. But she always knew she wanted better for her sons. Um, So the the direction for us was always school first, and then we always participated in in athletics. Um, And that kept us, you know, focused on our studies so we can, you know, potentially have that better future uh, ahead of us. But uh, I went to uh, Baltimore City Public Schools, um, which, you know, unfortunately, as we know, they are the best. Uh, But I was fortunate enough to be in one of the better Baltimore City Public Schools uh, at the time. And I had a lot of great teachers that kind of encouraged me along the way. Um, you know, I always was kind of pulled into those magnet classes and things like that. So I was told from an early age that I, I was smart or capable and and and, and have opportunity to do and, and be whatever I wanted to be. So I'm fortunate to have that confidence kind of instilled in me, uh, not only from home, but also in the school and the teachers that I did have. Um After elementary school, I went on to a small uh, Catholic school, um, St. Ignatius School, which was it offered a lot of structure for me. And it was an all boys school, which was uh, definitely different and unique. Um, But I I made my way into independent schools actually in eighth grade. Um, I went to the Park School. And I think at that point in time, most of my classmates obviously had been black and brown. Um, and i was you know i felt comfortable with my teachers i had black teachers um and but not until April when i entered, entered independent schools did i feel um i guess the weight of my blackness um and understanding kind of where i sit with that um i was always confident and proud to be black My, i you know uh my family and my 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 family's history has always been uh about being proud being black and understanding like the greatness that that comes along with it you know understanding historical figures and things like that so i have always had that uh that sense of pride but it wasn't until 8th grade where i felt when I, when I was literally one of a few um uh, if not the only black kid in most of my classes um And I didn't didn't feel comfortable in that that space. Um, You know, I think the teachers in school, they tried to help me along, but not only was I the only black face in most of my classes, but I was the only probably one of the few kids that were there on a scholarship as well. Um, So that that, that socioeconomic piece, uh, which I think even more so than being black in the space, um, you know, was 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 an adjustment for me.
0: Oh, certainly was, man. When that when that yeah. three day weekend hits that uh that mid try and the kids are going skiing and looking at where they're going, you don't get an invite, or you do get an invite. Your mom's like, "No, you can't." No, nah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So then you're left on campus as a financial aid kid, sitting around looking, with maybe the international kids that just can't travel just because. Um, yeah. it's tough, man. And it's and yeah. it's so again, there's layers to that, right? The blackness and also the financial aid piece. Haven't been on financial
1: aid myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah. So that, that that was a huge, huge, um, you know, adjustment for me. I never felt comfortable in that space. And I actually ended up transferring to another independent school. Uh, I went to McDonough School, uh, where I ended up graduating from. Uh, McDonough, McDonough School is a five-day boarding school just outside of the city of Baltimore. And in that space, I was a, a student athlete. Um, so that that gave me a lot of like, you know, access in terms of, uh, people, I guess being a little bit more accepting to me, being different in that community, um, uh, but still, that socioeconomic gap—that was the the huge piece for me. Like you know, when I pulled up to campus the first day, I look in the student parking lot, and there's you know Mercedes and Range Rovers and and all that stuff in there, and and my mom's pulling up in her. We were in a nineteen. I'm going to say a 1996, I think she had a 1996 Lexus and this is 2004, 2005 ish. Um, and that, that car, uh, it was a gold Lexus and, and that car. Um, not the gold one, not the gold one. No. <laughs> it, was, it was a gold one. And, and that car, you know, it, 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 it got us from point A to point B. Um, but, you know, at that moment I could, that I really felt the weight of, you know, where I was socioeconomically, um, single parent household and going into a, a world where, you know, I'm I'm in class with, you know, just kids from kids who parents are CEOs and Fortune 500 companies and doctors and lawyers and, you know, all that stuff. So um, that was uncomfortable for me. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they always say, you know, be, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, so I think that's that's a skill set that I've learned over the years. Um, and being in that space, I was fortunate, however, to have two great mentors, um, or great mentors to me till today. Uh, one, uh, his name's Henry Fairfax. He's actually the head of school at Concord Academy. Um, we met literally my freshman year of high school was his first year out of college, and he he was a a, a adjunct teacher and a, and a basketball coach, and we bonded around basketball. Um, and then an, another uh, another uh, mentor, of mine, Doctor S- uh, Stephanie Dennis, uh, who's actually she's the the dean of academics at the Gilman School down in Baltimore. Um, but she was like that that mother figure and uh, for me on campus. Um, and both of them helped me navigate that space. Um, and I, I'll be honest, without them, without their guidance, I don't know where I would be. Um, to be honest, I wanted to leave and transfer. From McDonough School um, each and every year up until probably my senior year. Wow. Yeah. Um, you, and you it, it was Yeah. It, it, and they they always told me, you know, keep keep pushing through, you know, guiding me through, you know, all the ups and downs that comes along with being not only being a high school, but you know, being one of the few black kids in a predominantly white space. Um, so they helped me navigate that space. And it wasn't honestly until my senior year where I felt comfortable um being at McDonough school um but i i will say you know i think my overall experience as a student it felt very transactional um you know i i was a student athlete i played basketball i was pretty good i ended up playing division one basketball um but it, it felt very transactional going through that process yeah um, now now as an adult looking back reflecting on my experience i think it it allows me to be very dynamic in different spaces
0: oh um, so true so true yeah. and in, in that moment that you arrive to these institutions you, you're you giving your best self and part of yourself right and you just have no clue as you enter and as much as you tried to leave look what you're doing now as a day job yeah You were ushering in the door for these young people for the church farm community to be able to come there and be part of it. And you now know, disproportionately, as a salesman, but also an educator, on how to talk to those parents about what the independent school experience means, about how life-changing it is to have you in that space as a Black man that's done it, being able to sit there. I mean, there is nothing more that I loved than having that Black mom look at me. from inner city and say, ain't no way you're taking my baby and having them going to this school here with white tablecloth and linen, wearing a shirt and tie and and sperry boat shoes every day. (laughs) And I'm looking at that mom saying, well, let me tell you something. I wore that outfit and I've upgraded to regular dress shoes now, but just know that because I can speak this way now, because I can talk to you and navigate this conversation with you about what it means to give me your black child's body and this man, their brain and their spirit. I know that it's meant for them by the support of people that look like me and my allies, right? That that's the independent school experience. That is this moment of, again, we know what public schools across the country may or may not be doing and the resources that aren't there, but we know that the mission of these independent schools are to educate everyone. So why not put our, our, our BIPOC children in that space so they can get out of their circumstances, right? So they can change their means to be able to get to college, to get those full rides. And to also, again, in college, to use that mechanism of sports in our bodies to mm-hmm. get us a career, right? Um, I was a walk-on, when I got to college, I knew my basketball time was up, literally. I wouldn't <laughs> get any better when I went. But there's a moment of, I was already an academic scholarship for my time in high school. And mm-hmm. then I later went back to get my MBA. And to be able to talk to kids and say, education is a tool. And if you happen to be able to dribble a ball or catch a ball, use it as a skill set because you're getting used as well, right? This whole NIL thing, right? I bet you wish you had NIL back now. Uh, I do. I do. I do. (laughs) Yeah. When you find all the money, these kids are now saying we're getting paid for our likeness and our ACLs and our knees and whatnot now, because we get money versus not all of them are going to be able to go to the league. So at least now they can get a small piece of that on top of the education.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that's a huge benefit for today's student athletes. Um, But I I think, uh, you know, even as a, as a, as a young kid, the, the rec league I grew up in, um, and I was fortunate to be around a lot of successful Black men. Uh, even though you know I'm, I'm in a, I was grew up in a single parent household, but I was a lot around a lot of successful Black men that gave me, um, you know, something to look forward to or, or look to uh, for for guidance. So my coaches growing up, they were all they were accountants and and teachers and lawyers and doctors um so to see that space especially from where I come from um it opened my eyes to a lot and knew that you know anything kind of was possible if I had the opportunity to to do it um and I'm just looking at you know where I am today thankful to have those folks um to be an example for me and I just want to be that for the next you know the next generation of students um and that that's what it's all about and and I was told from a very young age that to use basketball as a tool to succeed in life. Um, you know, I I definitely had the hoop dreams. I wanted to play, uh, you know, in the NBA. You know, and actually, I, I can show you in my office, I actually have my thousand point- Oh, uh, uh, blessings
0: to point, you. Got it.
1: Yep. High school and college uh, in my office. So basketball is a huge part of, you know, my identity growing up and who I am today. You know, a lot of the, you know, the work ethic, the, the resi- resiliency, the teamwork, all that stuff plays a part in, my everyday life. Um, but I, I was able to understand that at some point the the ball stops, you know, the oh, yeah. ball stops. Also. Um, yeah. so there's a moment always, for me.
0: There's a moment for me. I knew the ball was going to stop. We played at a, a Sidwell basketball tournament or played somewhere and Notre Dame Academy pl- came to play. And they had this gentleman named James White, AKA white flight. And I, I, I saw I them play. that this dude, I mean, play for the Knicks, play for everybody overseas, it from the free throw line and moving the ball, running in place. When I saw them throw a lob play from half court for this dude, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to play in college. i like, I'm going to be a walk Because he was six foot seven, springy. I don't know if you remember this gentleman. He didn't go far after Notre Dame Academy, but Fred Primus, went to going to Pittsburgh for a second and got in trouble for something. Okay. And then it was like Val Brown was on the team. So like it was like the who's who of like, black basketball and like area. Yeah. but when i saw james white i said there's levels to this and god hasn't blessed me like that <laughs> and i remember going back to my dorm and i picked up my book a little bit quicker because i knew that it was gonna be by the books and god that i needed yeah. to and again in that <laughs> moment like i finally had the realization that my hoop dreams were over because yeah. i saw excellence on the court and he went remember he ended up going to uh cincinnati like Huggins and Logan and Satterfield and Kenya Martin. So I love me yeah. some Cincinnati basketball because I used to follow him. And that was my moment, man. I was like, I either need to be a faster runner or a smarter kid. Because you know, <laughs> basketball's gonna carry me only so far if I'm not to go against that 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 dude. And he was that guy.
1: No, but it, that that's true. And uh, you know, I, I think I'm I was definitely fortunate that my, my career lasted a little bit longer. I ended up playing division one. Um you know so i was able to to continue it throughout college uh, but at some point it does stop you know i i i i played against and with a lot of guys that actually ended up making it to the nba and like you said there are there's levels to this like you, you can compete but there you know there's a difference between a guy that's playing division 1 and a guy that's thinking about going to the nba like that there's levels to this um but i was fortunate to always you know keep my academics you know first you know along with my hoops um, so it never, it never, when I, when it, when the game was done for me, I wasn't stuck. And I think a lot of, um, unfortunately, I like a lot of black men, black young men, uh, going into college, once they, once the game ends for them, a lot of them are stuck. They don't know where to go. Um, That's I have true. teammates from college that are still, still chasing hoop dreams. Um, you know, instead of, you know, getting into their career and trying to get back to the next generation, um, so that, that's a little bit unfortunate, but I, I was always focused on kind of what's the next thing for me. Um, you know, so after after graduating, uh, you know, I went to Binghamton University uh, and then I, I, tra- I transferred to the University uh, of the District of Columbia, where I got my degree in sociology. DC. Yep. Yep. So I, I got my degree in sociology from them um, throughout my time in college, instead of working in basketball camps. I worked in an academic uh, camp called uh, the Middle Grades Partnership in Baltimore. Uh, and the Middle Grades Partnership, it's a partnership between uh, independent schools in the Baltimore area with uh, public schools in the, in the Baltimore area. So they do a, a middle school summer program, six week long summer program, exposing these, these students from the inner cities to independent schools, um, You know, t- for them to know that that is an option. Uh, for them. Uh, so uh, academic enrichment, you know, they get a chance to explore the different campuses, um, field trips and all all things like that. And it it gears them or puts them on a path to be successful academically because um, it's added support in the summers as well as throughout the school year. So me being able to work in that program, that's when I got that, that education bug where I, I know not exactly what I wanted to do, but, you know, I wanted to be around kids, supporting them, along that journey. Cause I had that growing up as well. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if you know, but for me, it, it was, it was a struggle to gain access into independent schools as a professional. Um, so even though I graduated from there, uh, you know, from independent schools. Yes, sir. Wanted yes. to work in the space. Um, you know, there's, there's barriers to gain access to it. Um, so actually my right out of college, um, I was working, I was doing uh real estate and I was working at enterprise a car. Um, but I always stay connected to a mentor of mine, uh Henry Fairfax, who at the time he he left McDonough and he went to the Hereford School where he was a director of admissions. And then he was soon become the vice president at Gerard College, which is a uh uh K to twelve uh boarding school in Philadelphia. Um and so when he got the position as vice president, you know, we we kept the conversation going over several years. And, um, you know, he said, I might have an opportunity to come and work in working in admissions. Uh, so from that, working in the admissions office, I was the uh, assistant director of admissions at the, at Gerard College. Wow. Uh, I ended up running a, 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 our own kind of version of the Middle Greatest Partnership. We called it Dreams at Gerard. Which stands for diversity resilience. It was two E's, so uh, D R E E A M S: uh, diversity resilience, um, engineering, uh, education, arts, math, science, um, and we partnered with a, another local independent school for that. Uh, so me being able to to run my own summer program and after school program while doing the missions work um, was 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 great for me. Um, and from that point, I actually, I went back to school. I got my master's in educational leadership from the university of Pennsylvania. You're doing um, it,
0: man. You're doing it. Your, your mom's <laughs> got the be proud as you name all this yeah, stuff. You did it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And, and, and that, that was, um, that was something that I honestly never even thought about as a kid of me going to an Ivy league school. Yeah. Uh, yep. you know, so to have that opportunity to do that. Do opportunity about- and, that access. opportunity exactly. and
0: access opportunity. access. That's what and, it's all about.
1: That 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 honestly, that's what it all boils down to: opportunity and access. If uh, you don't know that things are available to you, how can you grow? How can you learn? How can you you know get to the next level if you don't know?
0: Oh uh, um, man, you you're hitting on all cylinders, man. I, I <laughs> I've got a similar story like that, and I'm going to write a blog about it. But long story short, I got to Pistol High School through AAU basketball. There mm. was a star player there at the time. Who had a younger brother my age we showed up on campus with our whole aau team played against varsity came within seven points of winning a quarter but got spanked otherwise as we should have as eighth graders against division one athletes <laughs> and then i uh, had the opportunity where the coach said please go to the admissions office fill out an application this that and the other that gentleman the younger brother and myself applied and that opened up my opportunity to independent school experience and yes i'm um, doing plcc this weekend pass I was able to connect and have drinks and dinner with my former basketball coach who won three state championships, while I was well, be- one before I was there in eighth grade, and then two in ni- ninth and 10th grade when I made varsity. And I was able to tell him, I can make a left-hand layup because of how many suicides I ran, how many times I got beat up by the seniors, but yet my work ethic was instilled, not only from my parents, but from the practice that he set up and the way he yelled at us to make sure our grades were good as well, the same. So while we were winning basketball, he yelled at us about our grades and those study halls he put us on. And in that moment, I said thank you because I found myself doing the same thing as a coach for my son and for all the kids that I've coached. So, again, opportunity access, man. If it wasn't that, yeah. it would be the same.
1: It's 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 funny that, like, that's your story because that that was the same for me. Uh, my 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 age team, we ended up uh, scrimmaging McDonough School. Uh, we, we we scrimmaged at JV uh, at the time, and we actually – uh, we were beating them, but they actually brought down a freshman uh, who was on varsity. He was a, a six-seven freshman. He ended up playing at Georgetown. DeWan Summers. Yeah, um, oh, love me some Dewan Summers, man. Love me he, some Dewan. yeah. In NBA, so uh, yeah, DeWan and I we, we played on the same team at McDonough. Uh, we had a pretty good, pretty good run there, but they brought him down because they they couldn't lose to to a bunch of eighth graders.
0: Nah, can't have uh, that. Can't have that at all. Yeah,
1: so. Um, but yeah, that that was my my window into the independent school world, and once I got onto McDonald's campus, which you know it, it's crazy to think about. Um, you know, you think about access and opportunity. McDonough's school is twenty minutes from where I grew up. Wow, I had no idea it existed. Like none, none. It's an eight hundred acre campus, twenty minutes from my house, and I had no idea that it, it was you know it so, was a school like that I never so let, me knew
0: the par- let me hit on the parallels of that episcopal high school is a mile and a half from my parents house it's 120 acres of a gated community by the episcopal seminary i did not know it was there and we used to go by the cadillac dealership to get our car service which is right down the street from episcopal never knew it was a kept secret and again so as i got became an admissions officer i said there's a moment where these gated communities are not open to us, so we don't know, because yeah. we didn't have someone to go. And if our black experience is is not a hundred percent great, then those black kids that go there, they never talk about it later. Yep. And they don't put their yep. diplomas in their offices like other people do. So yeah. therefore, you don't see. The black success and that's where bridging legacies come, came from i wanted to connect the dots of who we are from mcdonough to Pittsburgh high school to talk mm-hmm. about it so the next generation of diverse bipoc children will see value in independent school education that's why i did that and i just say the parallels of this conversation man are are absolutely insane uh my closing <laughs> question for you which i love and i'm excited to see where you take this know what you know now as a black man director. Ah, uh, someone that's done this and and been there from your your experience, what would you tell another black child that looks like you entering into that eighth to ninth grade space? What words of wisdom do you bestow upon us?
1: I would say, uh, that's that's a that's a big question. Um, I think first and foremost, don't be afraid. Um, maybe number one, don't be afraid to fail uh so being open to trying new things and exploring uh you know different things i think uh i i wish i had even though i think the school could have done a better job of making me feel comfortable but i think i should have done a better job of engaging my peers and engaging um you know staff and things like that early on in my career at at McDonough school instead of kind of my junior senior years when i started to open up um so i would say be open to to things that are different um, but be confident in who you are. Don't let anyone kind of derail you from whatever your goals are. Um, you know, stay focused and, you know, be yourself, which it, it sounds very cliche, but I think it, 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 it carries a lot of weight. Um, cause I think a lot of students, especially in that, that 13, 14, you're trying to figure out who you are, um, and you're influenced by a lot of people, um, you know, good or bad. So I, I think students that are, you know, Try to be focused on your goals, write down your goals and try to stay, you know, um, keep that confidence that you are good enough, that you are, you know, you're capable. Um, And sometimes you just need an opportunity or some a little bit extra help. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't don't be afraid to be yourself, um, you know, and always stay focused on those goals. And Uh, I I think, brand thank you. Different things is, is, is the
0: key. Thank you, man. I As I reflect on this question for myself, mine is, and I tell kids this all the time, don't worry about your um, summer athletics of AAU basketball or travel, whatever. If the school offers you a chance to go to your a foreign country for that language you're taking, go. That is my <laughs> biggest lifelong regret. I messed around with AAU basketball so much to go to nationals and regionals and blah, blah, blah. And I never traveled out of the country because I didn't want to go with my summer for two, yeah. three weeks. That's my lifelong regret, man. Lifelong
1: regret. It, now now that you say that, I, it was the same for me. Um, yeah, and I, I wish I would have, you know, like I said, engaged more in that community. Um, even though, you know, I, I think obviously they weren't made and created for us. Um, but being in that space, I think I I could have, you know, uh opened myself up a little more. Um, but yeah, that that opportunity to to travel abroad to 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 do different things like that. I I was always focused on playing basketball. I actually yep. my my mom had to force me to go to my senior prom um instead of going to a basketball tournament. Uh, otherwise I would not have gone. <laughs> so yep. Yep. Um,
0: I actually yeah, missed I, my junior prom because I was at Penn Relays running track. But I again, that was fun though. I got to see Marion Jones and Maurice Green and Michael Johnson. So I don't regret it. But yeah. I, senior prom, I'd stay back. I, I stayed back yeah. to them. But again. Yeah like two guys never met each other, but two guys in the same ba- pathway and two guys are very similar stories. And so think about that narrative of ours connecting and how many yeah. can connect. And that's exactly what I want to do. Brandon. I, Brandon, I just want to say, as you get ready to travel and navigate to go get you some more um, wonderful young men, that's what they'll be as they leave church farm. I just say, thank you and blessings to you. And I appreciate everything that you do every day. Um, You may not hear from others, but you're here for me. Um, keep doing the work that you're meant to be doing, man. I appreciate you.
1: Man, Jonathan, I, I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, I, I appreciate you reaching out and us having this conversation and, and connecting. Um, the work you're doing is great and is definitely needed. Um, you know, and I, I appreciate the opportunity.
0: All right, folks, that's another edition of Our Faces, Our Voices with Brandon. Uh, Brandon's blessings to you. Um, that's it.